0: Chumba Casino has over 100 casino-style games, so join today and play for free for your chance to
1: redeem some serious prizes.
0: No I'm Nick, the host of the UFO Chronicles podcast, with firsthand hand witness accounts of the strange and unexplained, covering UFOs, cryptids, conspiracies, and the paranormal. Real people, real encounters. So come with us on the journey into the unknown. UFO Chronicles podcast is available to listen to on all apps. I'll see you soon.
2: This guy, if we wouldn't have found him, like in the middle of nowhere, if we wouldn't have found this dude, he's gone. And that's just you know us just stumbling on people by chance or or you know, like a 911 call or something like that but you see so much of it and that's not even our real mission you know four stars primarily going out there doing all the rescue calls but uvaldi was a big thing where our team was kind of got thrust into the spotlight a lot of that has just evolved from what you know society is kind of created over the years you know you take away funding from law enforcement you take away support of law enforcement and then you you know, breed a, a workforce that trains guys to like ask for permission to act before they do what they know is right you get a lot of people standing around and and waiting for for some initiative instead of you know breeding that that warrior mindset anytime you mix you know money and drugs and trafficking and stuff there's going to be weapons
1: Welcome to Mic Drop, the podcast where relevancy is irrelevant and we don't give a shit about your feelings.
2: Of course, it's different now, man. Like when you start out, you know, you have your, you know, your young guys, you're all starting out together. So you have similar experiences. Your, your families are all the same age and stuff like that. And it's like, and then time flies and now I'm looking around and I'm like, I'm the old crusty dude in there. And it's like, yeah, um, yeah. You know these guys are starting
1: <laughs> to have babies and yeah. you know you're just like damn I'm, yeah. you know, i blinked and now i'm one of the old dudes you yeah. know man i know it. i, I think about that a lot because you know my time in the military i was always the youngest i mean i was the young, youngest student in buds you know, of my class i was the young guy in my platoon first platoon like and it, yeah it was uh, just like and then the next thing i know like now i'm the fucking old guy like just weird yeah. um in, in terms of the equipment that you guys use i know the listeners and myself uh, would be curious to know uh, of what you can talk about, like especially weapon systems wise, like is there a primary platform? Do you guys use all kinds of different shit? How like, what does your loadout look like? Yeah. The, uh, you know, it's funny
2: that there was a, somebody on YouTube had a deal that, you know, there's this kid doing loadouts, you know, you say that. Yeah. And And, uh, (laughs) <laughs> I was like I was looking at that, I was like, damn, that dude's equipped well, man. <laughs> like, like, like we need, need to talk to, we need to talk to somebody because man, I don't have that yet. Yeah. But um no, we're fortunate. Um yeah, we're st- standard primary carriers M four and then uh we've got a few Glocks to choose from now. Um but uh you know, in doing cross training with a lot of these other units and, and stuff, we're we're very fortunate with uh, you know, guys are always gonna bitch about like a new light comes out and they want it. But like, we're very well, we're very well equipped with, yeah. with what we have. So we have everything that, you know, almost everything that, you know, like you, know, you think of uh, any of the top tier teams we're,
1: yeah. we're rolling with. Can you, uh, do you guys use any, any whiz bang special ammo? Um, nothing that's nothing like. I mean, is it just green tip in your M4? Oh, we're
2: not using, no, we can't use a uh, green tip. Um, I think it's like a 62 grain, um, is it a hollow point at least or an expanding? I can't remember what it is. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't nerd out on that stuff too much
1: because I, I, I don't, um, I don't have a say in it. (laughs) Um, on your secondary, the, on the pistol, uh, you said a a few clock glocks to choose from, which, which is your preference?
2: Um, I think right now, right now I'm running a 47, which was a new yeah. design that they came out with for border patrol uh, a couple of years ago. Um, is that a single stack nine mil or what? It's, it's kind of like a, it's no, it's a, it's a double stack. Um, but they, uh, it's, um, I don't know. It's kind of like a, a hybrid between, I think it was, I think it's kind of features of like a. Uh, 17 and I forget what else, but it's, I mean, it's, it's
1: nice. I'm thinking about going back to the 17 though. Yeah. Um. I mean, because the 43X, um, you know, is that newer subcompact single stack. I mean, I love that fucking gun. It's great. I mean, I wouldn't carry it in in your capacity, but for a concealed civilian carry, it's a, it's a great, great platform. But uh, do you guys, are you carrying just regular ball ammo for that? Or is there anything special?
2: No, nah, that's a – I mean, we have a, a special ammo. I can't remember what
1: exactly it is, but it's a form of holotip. I got you. Um, in terms of actually – well, I guess before I ask this, um, night vision, you guys run run a yeah. lot of night vision stuff, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is most of the things that you do capability-wise, you have to also be able to do it on nods? Yeah. That's a yeah. dual rule kind of thing. Um, it, as far as uh, any maritime stuff, like do you guys have boat units and shit like that also, or –
0: um,
2: you know, not so much in Tucson, but, and, um, yeah. but yeah, the, uh, I think the San Diego guys work a lot with the team guys out there. I think a fair amount. Okay. Um, I, I know they've done some training, uh, with them. They've done some training with the coast guard. Um, so I think they do, uh, some maritime stuff out there, but we some of the Texas units probably too with the real. Yeah. I think they do some stuff on the, I know they do some stuff on the river. I don't know how much they get on the boats or in, you know, in and around or any of that stuff, but, um, they, uh. Yeah, we've just we're uh, we're expanding our capabilities as far as um, there's uh, and got some uh, diving is now a, uh, a um, capability that we're really? getting into, which is we
1: just got blessed for some guys for that. So, well, I mean, can you talk about like what what scenario would exist where you guys would need need to be diving?
2: Um, right now, um, right now, the capability would be for just assisting with recovery of stuff oh, okay. um, or, we, you know, um, hopefully in the future, you know, we can I- expand it into other capabilities that, you know, uh, more you know, offensive. The, yeah, you know, just preventative stuff and, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, more useful stuff. But, uh, you know, that's that's a pipe pipe dream yeah. at this point. You know, yeah. we we did just stand up. uh or the past uh, year, we've gotten uh, our free, fail, free fall free now a thing that um, is kind of out now, which is pretty cool. cool. Our guys got their first, uh, our uh, some of our guys got their first operational uh, Conus jump.
1: Really? Yeah. Can you talk about the the circumstances where they did it?
2: Um, I mean, I can kind of speak a little bit about it. I was I was on a, I was in a support role for that as as far as a QRF and um yeah it was just it was a it was a reconnaissance type mission and and uh just inserting you know at night um you know uh, just from a aero platform and uh just jumping in and you know uh, making movement to a a high spot and just doing some reconnaissance for a few days and, and then exfil so yeah
1: All right. Hey guys, I want to take a a second to talk about ads. Um, And this is not an ad. This is me talking about the ads. I know that, um, you know, sometimes we get comments of of people bitching about the ads. There's too many ads or they're too long or what have you. And I I want to clear two things up, which is number one, is that my slash our team's ability to bring you guests and and bring them in and and the accommodations and, and the entire process that it takes to produce these shows to the level with which we do uh, requires funding, you know, and the the sponsors give us an ability to bring these shows to you. So while I understand that everybody wants zero ads and, and everything bunched together and, and what have you, this is how we we bring this show to you. Uh, you know, we're a very small team. We're very fortunate to, to be able to do it, uh, but we do still have to uh, to pay bills and, and bring that to you. So keep that in mind. That's the first point. And the second point is that I can assure you with 100% accuracy is that there is not a sponsor or a product that I talk about on here that isn't something that I use. Okay. That, that I either regularly use or always use or have used. And, and I refuse to budge on that. Okay. So we, we get uh, offers for, for sponsors regularly that, that get turned down because it's not stuff that I use or would use. So Keep that in mind, Uh, have a little bit of flexibility in terms of our ads and and realize that they're products that I believe in, that I stand behind, and they're what, what make this show possible. So if you support these advertisers, these sponsors, that is supporting the show. Thank you. Is there a lot of, and I know this is wading into the uh, operational security territory that maybe you're not comfortable with or allowed to to speak to, but in terms of Bortax use, um, kind of offensively to, offensively slash preventative to where it's counter operations of, of anything that's going on, is there a fair bit of that, or, or is most of what you guys do more reactionary? Uh, like specifically, like, so like, you I guess the example that you just used, but let's say, you know, it's showing a presence or, uh, you know, actively going after, you know, entities that are trying to smuggle people or, or narcotics or, or whatever, like almost the way DEA or, you know, ATF or, you know, would go after groups that are moving. Like, is there any offensive means that way? Or is it more of a, Hey, we, you know th- th- this person's doing this, and we're going and responding. Yeah,
2: I know. There's it's that's a that's a big component is you know uh, working with uh, intelligence units to develop, um, I don't know, say I don't know if targets is the you know political uh, term, but um, yeah, de- like we definitely have you know uh, the uh, the intel units that develop stuff uh, like a target debt, uh, and then you guys actually will and go them after them. Will action that stuff. Yeah. So.
1: Is the is the border the line of demarcation that way? Like, can you guys, I mean, maybe you can't even say, I mean, can you guys go across the border if it's in a capacity where it's a chase or it's a, a maneuver of some sort? Um,
2: Yeah, I can't really get
1: into that. But. I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no. just kidding. No. Um, yeah, no, I know we're, we're kind of walking a fine line here, but uh, to me it's fascinating, and I know, you know, for a lot of people, I mean, I would say – for most people in this country, you know, the border is, is a, a hotbed topic. You know, there's people that are very passionate on both sides, but it's, it's something that's pretty prevalent in everybody's, you know, mind and life. I mean, if you think about the, the numbers of people that have migrated across that, that line over the last 40 years, like it's fucking astounding, you know? Um, and I know that there's not a, a single, single fix to it. Um, but, um, all right, so in, in terms of the, the way that you guys are used, have, have you, I guess, personally, been on um, oper- an operation or multiple operations where you've actually gotten into gunfights? Um, gosh, I mean, I've,
2: I've been in some incidences where I've been shot at, uh, didn't have a shot to return, um, and that was that was early on but uh in bortac i've i haven't really had anything we've had some real you know some really hairy um some close calls but i haven't had anything that, like big shootouts or anything like that i've i've responded to um some shootouts you know like you know some uh, like rip crew on rip crew stuff that um that it happened, and then we took guys into custody. That, you know, we fortunately showed up with enough force that they they didn't choose that to be their day. Yeah. You know, but um, yeah, we a lot of the guys. I mean, I wouldn't say a lot, but we have had our share of uh, incidences. But I haven't been on any. Yeah. Um,
1: so th- shootouts are, or anything like. So that. there are occurrences where I mean I can only assume it's probably cartel members or close proximity to where. Border Patrol agents, specifically BORTAC guys, and um, cartels are are actually getting into gunfights? Does does that happen? I'm sorry, back up. So, I mean, are are there instances from, if I'm assuming correctly of what you're saying, is that there are instances in the last 15 years where BORTAC agents or Border Patrol agents and cartel members have actually gotten into, like, actual gunfights, and it's not just a shot here or there?
2: Um, you know, I can't, I can't speak to, you know, like who, who, you know, whether they're, you know, cartel or who they are, but, um, we'll just say, so yeah, somehow. I mean, there's been, there's been, uh, instances we've had, we've had some shootings and, and whatnot that, um, you know, that there's anytime you mix, you know, money and drugs and trafficking and stuff, there's going to be weapons. And, and with that, you know, there's going to have, you know, okay. you're going to have instances, but yeah, there's been, there's been instances with that and, know our team you know was involved with you know uvaldi was a big thing where our team was kind of got thrust into the
1: spotlight um and then yeah because it wasn't it border patrol that actually finally went in Is yeah that, it, was, um, it wasn't the cops it was bortat guys that yeah
2: i think uh, it was uh it was a couple of my teammates and then um i think there was a i think of course i think it was a poor star guy maybe a sheriff or something like that yeah
1: yeah. Have you talked to them uh, about that? Yeah, yeah. Is there anything you can share from that? Um, I, I don't know what I can share on that. I,
2: I know that's um, you know that my buddy that was that did go in there. He's he's awesome awesome dude. Uh, and uh, you know, it's a bad. You know, he described that scene. as just I mean, just what we can imagine. But yeah, um, just a, a bad bad scene, man. It's unfortunate, you know, the, um, I don't know, I think a lot of, and this is just me speaking from my, my standpoint. Um, a lot of that is just, uh, evolved from what, you know, society is kind of, uh, kind of created over the years. You know, you take away, take away funding from law enforcement, you take away support of law enforcement and, uh, and then you, um, you know, breed a, uh, a workforce that, you know, um, re, you know, trains guys to like ask for permission to act before, you know, before they do what they know is right. You know, I mean, um, you get a lot of people standing around and, and waiting for, for some initiative instead of, you know, breeding that, that warrior mindset that, that we all know. And do you think some of that is
1: selection? Um, cause to me, I, you know, like, I, I don't want to be the the armchair quarterback on the same token like i've been on a two-way range before yeah. and I know I've been in situations that that were dicey that way um I just can't fucking imagine irrespective of what the protocol is is that in that environment where where you know what's happening that you're like oh i gotta wait like there's that's just yeah. not happening i'm not, I'm not waiting yeah no it's
2: you, know? you know and i i'm saying man i i, I try not to armchair quarterback the stuff but you know, it's, um, you know, you've got such a, such a different, um, such a wide array of, um, individuals in law enforcement. You know, you've yeah. got in, in training with different agencies and stuff like that. You see, you know, some guys that, you know, God, they get, I, I was at a training thing actually it was here in Dallas like years ago and, and, uh, ran into a police officer and they're walking off the range. And as, you know, uh, as female, she had one box of ammo. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, uh, you know, I'm just curious, but, you know, is that like training ammo? or she goes, yeah, this is our allotment for, you know, that's what they, at the time, that's what she got for the year for practice. One box. And it's like, you know, you've got, you know, like you said, selection of individuals, but, you know, you get nowadays, man, like how many people want to be in law enforcement, you know?
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I, it's a tough, tough road for sure. Because I mean, between the, the lack of support, both, you know, institutionally, you know, whether it's from the higher echelons of the government all the way down to the local municipality and funding to society and their lack of support in the the way that they view law enforcement uh, more so than they did 20 years ago. Like, that lack of, of support, I have no doubt. You know, those two things combined, it's like, who would go do that? You know, like, way less people than would have 20 years ago, you know, and also the type of person... You know to that to that selection point it's it's just a fucking bad bad scenario all the way around um i don't know what what the the right answer is but um you, you mentioned boar star i'm curious uh what is the difference between board yeah and boar so star?
2: boar stars are um border as a border patrol there's search trauma and rescue um and if you like in the military uh mindset think like pjs um, so they're going to be like your swift water rescue guys, your ropes, guys, medical, heavy med, um, medical, and then, you know, like tracking recovery, uh, type guys. Okay, um, They've got, I think they also have cadaver dogs and stuff like that. So yeah. they get tasked with a lot of recoveries and, um, God, they responding sp- to those stuff. guys rescue so many people in the desert. Like th- that's, it goes so unnoticed. Um, yeah. but you know, they're rescuing thousands of people, thousands oh, wow. of people a year. Wow. It's, it's, you know, of course, you know, that's not, doesn't, you know, grab the uh, headlines. Yeah. But those guys, they do great work. Um, we attach a lot of their um, paramedics. We've got one of their uh, one of their really good paramedics in our team right now that he goes out on all our ops with us. Oh, okay. Do you know about how many of them there are? Man, I want to say got like Tucson's probably got like 50, maybe 50. 40 or 50. They've got, I mean, they've got, uh, they've got more than,
1: than we do, yeah. but do you guys uh, bust their balls.
2: It used to be, man. It used to be like really, really, you know, head button, um, to a point where like, you know, you'd be in the gym, you'd be like, you know, fuck that guy. Y- yeah. Like you, <laughs> you know, you, but it used to be, you know, like a lot more, um, yeah, there used to be a lot of, you know, contention there, but yeah. now, I mean, now it's you know, we're all the same, you know, we're very similar dudes, you know, and, and, uh, you know, you have some guys that, you know, dual tab, they'll go over to that side of the house or they'll, you know, start there and come over. And, you know, some of, some of my best teammates in the past have actually come over from there. And, you know, so.
1: Any uh, BorTAC versus BorStar charity boxing events? (laughs) I think we'd win that one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What is the, what is the tack in BorTAC? It's just tactical. Just tactical? Oh, yeah, okay. you gotta have tactical. In anything, so so right? star. Well, yeah. So star is a as an acronym. Tac is just tactical. Yeah, I gotcha. So yeah. so inconsistent, you border patrol guy. Yeah. Um, so all right. So, um, your path, I guess, you started out when you first started out. Um, can you walk us through kind of your timeline of of the you know thirteen plus years that you've spent there? Yeah. So so I started out in Calexico, um, as a line agent
2: um set on Bortac uh first chance I got for that I, I went out for it I went through selection graduated in what was it 2009 um and uh <laughs> it's funny man like uh you know the, the Tucson team they show up and they you know they're handing out like they're giving their guys like you know you know here's a knife you know congratulations you made it here's a here's a badass like you know, like a strider knife or something I can't remember what a really nice knife. And, you know, I'm sitting here like I graduated from Calexico and I didn't know it at the time when I was, you know, getting my, my ass kicked in selection. Um, but, uh, they disbanded our team. Oh really? So I get out and, uh, yeah, I'm like, I get, you know, hit in the face with like, you're going back to the line. So I get back and, you know, go through graduation, get back to line. And now you got like, you know, it's like with any special unit, you know, you got haters. Um, you got people that, you know, support your unit. And then you have guys that, you know, some guys that failed or they just or you. they didn't get selected or whatever. And, and so now they're, you know, they're the biggest haters. And I get back to my station and it's like a supervisor. He's like, so yeah, Switzer, uh, Bortac, right? Yeah. Like, well, you know, he's like, okay, well, you've got, you know, such and such duty. Um, take this old piece of shit ride that barely rides and uh, make sure you put on that tactical harness, you know, when you go out there and I'm like, all right, this I got, I'm not going to be able to deal with this, you know? Okay. So, um, so a detail came up to Tucson um, to come out here. They had, they were getting hit with some, some stuff and uh, a lot of uh, bandit and rip crew activity and. Uh, stuff like that up in the mountains. So they, they,
1: can you work. talk about what that is bandit and rip crew?
2: Uh, so that's, you know, it's just with the narcotics, you know, um, trafficking, uh, they, uh, you know, just moving, moving in, move in the drugs, armed, armed, uh, armed drug loads. And then you'd have other, other, uh, entities, you know, working for other plazas or, you know, whatever, um, find out where those uh, routes are and they're, basically setting up interdictions, you know, and, uh, and, uh, so one of our big taskings was to address that, you know, to make that, you know, the, the area, you know, the AOR safer for everybody. I mean, safer for, you know, U S citizens and, and frankly, you know, safer for, you know, illegals that are crossing, you know, just not getting caught in the middle of all that stuff. So, um, that's something that we were, we were tasked with, um, and that was back in like 2010. Um, so I came out here on a three mm-hmm. month detail, and uh, and then uh, then that's when uh, one of my my classmates was was shot and killed was on that Brian Terry. Yeah, yeah. So he's a classmate he was,
1: here. Yeah, he was wow. my Bortak classmate. Yeah.
2: What, um,
1: so I mean, can you tell us that story? Like, were you were you there when that happened, or you you came over because of that?
2: I, w- I So I was on that detail. I, was, I worked on that op. Um, there was an ongoing op for that spanned a period of time, but, um, the night that that happened, I I had already returned home. I was on, I was on the rotation prior to that. So I was, I was down there, uh, working that, but, but I had, I had fulfilled my, my period of time there. And I was, I was back home uh, at that point in Calexico. And I got the call at like, like two in the morning. I had somebody, uh, Another classmate that was working overheard the radio traffic and called me to see if I was all right because um, they knew I'd been there on detail, and that's when I I remember that you know the phone call and getting uh, just getting waking up and you know I was just like fuck man you know like I, I didn't at that point I didn't know who it, who it was you know I just knew they just said that yeah hey I just heard that like you know, I knew you were out here I heard that you know somebody uh that you guys got in a firefight and uh and somebody somebody didn't make it and uh so um yeah so that was tough yeah. um and that's that did kind of factor into um you know my team my team had been disbanded but then they they stood it back up but at that point in time i was like man i i that's where you know i was like i want to go to
1: tucson yeah you know do, do you know, uh, like, the circumstances of how how that happened or what happened? Like, because it seemed like there was kind of some almost controversy surrounding or, or swirling around what happened, what didn't happen, what was being released versus not. And it seemed like it kind of turned into a shit show, didn't it? Yeah, it's, um, I don't know what I can actually dive into.
2: Um, I can say that. You know, the there's a ton of conspiracies out there over and and, and it's and, and that happens with you know any agency, you know, government agency and any any shooting um, that that isn't like that they don't throw the facts out there right out of the gate and stuff. It allows all the the uh, people with their foil hats to formulate their own uh, opinions and then yeah. stuff just starts bouncing around. But I mean, I can I can say that you know it's it wasn't any. There was no crazy conspiracy. There was no crazy anything. Um, it was just a, you know, it's a, it was a, it's a dangerous freaking job that we do, and uh, you know, it could have been any one of us that night. Um, it was just, uh, it was a unlucky shot um, by by the the shithead that was carrying a an AK. You know, um, and he, it wasn't like a, it wasn't well aimed shot. He he
1: just. You know, God, basically okay. like a spray and pray and general direction. And um. All right, guys. As you know, I'm into uh, health and fitness uh, and specifically how nutrition relates to it. Um, coffee is a, has been a staple of mine and, and I think most people's for a long time. Um, as you know, I'm a big uh, proponent of Mudwater, which is a sponsor of this show. They have been uh, for a while now, and, and we have a great partnership. I love their product. Um, it's a phenomenal alternative to coffee. Uh, for me, you know, coffee, there's jitters, there's mold in it. Uh, you know, a lot of times it tends to, to kind of upset my stomach. Uh, but Mudwater has adaptogenic uh, mushrooms. Um, there's a fraction of the caffeine that coffee has. There's a little bit, but it's very, very little. Um, and it it really leans on, on mushrooms and the blend of matcha and chai for kind of that sustained energy that that continues to go and, and doesn't crash the way coffee does when, uh, when it runs out. Uh, they use lion's mane for alertness, cordyceps to support physical performance, chaga and raishi to support the immune system, turmeric for soreness, and cinnamon for antioxidants. Um, I, I really enjoy that first cup of warm liquid in the morning by taking mud water instead of coffee, and I'll put uh, just a splash of, of heavy cream uh, or even some protein powder uh, some collagen powder um, and I also throw uh, usually a couple drops of uh, stevia or uh, monk fruit vanilla to make it kind of a, a thick normal morning coffee ritual type of uh, concoction and uh, I got to tell you it, it, it does wonders for me and, and I'm really really glad that I switched. It's been you know a better part of a year now uh, you know that I've been taking that. Uh, and using that as part of my uh, daily morning routine and it's fantastic. I love it. I, I can't re- recommend it enough. Uh it's 100% USDA uh organic, non-GMO, gluten-free, vegan and kosher certified. Uh, and they also donate to the Berkeley Center for Science of Psychedelics which is uh you know, groundbreaking and leading research to help veterans with PTSD uh, and other uh, associated illnesses and in and in, uh, syndromes. So Great cause, great company, phenomenal product. If you go to Mudwater, that's m u d w t r dot com forward slash Mike to support this show and the product, uh, and use the code Mike Mud, M i k e M u d all caps for fifteen percent off. That's again Mudwater, m u d w t r dot com forward slash Mike, and the code is Mike Mud, M i k e M u d all caps for fifteen percent off. Go check them out. Hey guys, I wanted to uh, talk about something that I've incorporated into my daily routine, my morning routine that has had a remarkable impact on my life. Uh, it's called BioPro Plus. Uh, it's a non-synthetic HGH uh, treatment. And, uh, you know, every year after puberty, your HGH levels naturally drop uh, and exponentially sometimes uh, can even drop by, by 50% by the time you're 35 uh, I train jujitsu jitsu 3-4 times a week, I lift 3-4 times a week, and BioPro Plus uh, without question uh, enhances my ability to train more, uh, days per week, harder, recover faster, uh, enhance performance. I cannot say enough good things about this product. I've been taking it for a few months. Uh, it's it's remarkable and I will continue to to do so. Um if you want to uh, you know, Perform better, look better, feel better. Uh, I, I can't stress it enough. I, I've tried BioPro Plus, uh, and I encourage you to go to bioproteintech.com. Uh, and you, if you want to get $30 off your first order, use the code MICDROP, MIKEDROP, M I K E D R O P. And again, that's bioproteintech.com. I cannot stress enough, this stuff has uh, been a game changer for me as I've gotten older. Can you speak to, I guess, just the, the general circumstance with which? yeah, like were, were your guys responding to something and they were fighting back or like, can can you kind of give us the the general purpose?
2: Yeah. I I mean, I think, I think I can, um, yeah, we, it was, you know, we, we had seen, you know, there was an area where, um, these guys had just been running wild, uh, going through, um, you know, smuggling narcotics and, and, uh, it was armed and that's what kind of, kind of got us thrust down there and it became a priority because of the risk of, you know, there's, you know, civilians that work or that, that hunt down in that area. There's civilians that, you know, hike and bird watchers and all kinds of stuff. And then, you know, you've got the alien traffic as well. So we got thrust down there as basically like, Hey, we need, this needs to be addressed. So it, it had, we were down there working for, it was over a month, you know, just basic traditional, um, you know, um, reconnaissance and and uh like an interdiction team uh set up around the clock for about a month just waiting um and uh yeah so th- and that night you know uh guys were it was a change of uh shift so shift change guys were one team was infilling as as these guys were packing up and getting ready to pack or to to get out of their their rotation and and uh one of my teammates was, you know, like, Hey, you know, Hey, I think, I, I think I see someone coming down the trail. Oh shit. He's got, you know, he's got a weapon. Um, and then those, you know, quickly, you know, things shifted to, you know, focus on that. And then, you know, firefight ensues and, and Brian gets hit. Um, I think he got hit uh, low in the low in the back, I think, uh, through the spine and, um, it was pretty quick, you know, um, the team coming in, heard, uh, heard the comms and everything. And they got in, uh, one of the, I want to say one of the, one of the shitheads was, uh, had been hit. He was laying down in the, the wash. So he was apprehended. Thankfully. Um, the other ones fled. Uh, they searched the team coming in, you know, of course tended to Brian, uh, guys carried him out in that terrain, man. Like yeah. think Afghanistan, you know, um, yeah. through the mountains. Um, so they they filled him. Uh, he's, he was already, you know, uh, gone by that time. But they uh, spent the next, I think, like 48 hours searching for the other guys. And, um, you know, over time, you know, they made it back. I don't think they got anybody else, else that night. But um, over the last, whatever it's been, what's 23 or 13 years, um, you know, they've, they've – caught the other guys and, and prosecuted. I think they just la- uh, prosecuted the last guy. Do you know how many there were? God, I think it was five or six. I can't remember for sure. But I think <clears throat> it was five or six. Um, but they just prosecuted the last guy. I think he was
1: sentenced like six months ago or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming here, right? Yeah. yeah. Did they actually catch the guy that they know did it for sure? Um, I
2: think they know, I think they, I think they knew who the gunman was. I I can't remember what he got, but I know that since he was extradited from Mexico, they, he couldn't get the death penalty. I think he got like,
1: I I, I can't speak. 800 years in prison or something something like that. Man. I mean, thinking of it as an outsider looking in of, of trying to put myself in, um, traffickers shoes, it it would seem to be a, 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 foolish protocol to, I mean, I, I can see wanting to be armed to protect yourself from, you know, a competition or fucking wildlife, I mean, whatever. But to me, that, that's a, a real fine line and a dicey thing to fuck with you guys, right? Because, I mean, I, I guess, does it, do you get that impression that that they're almost like a, there's a standing order from the top of, of the, we'll call them the opposition, um, to, try not to fuck with you guys because the there has to be a, a certain point where you're you're kicking the hornet's nest over and now you're going to make your job way more difficult
2: i i think that there's you know and i think there's definitely you know i think there and i'm speaking just personally i think that there's uh um i think there's some sense of that you know in you know because God, if they, if they wanted to, you know, yeah, they could definitely be shooting it out a lot and stuff, but it'd bring a lot more attention to them, and then it'd just make their, their jobs a lot more difficult. Um, and the last thing they want is a lot of attention, you know? So yeah. I think there is some of that. I also think that they probably use, you know, some of those tactics to, you know, uh, hype up other areas for
1: their rival, you know, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, like baiting. Yeah. Like make one spot hot so they can draw attention. Well, to. make,
2: make – a rivalry is hot, oh, you gotcha.
1: know? So, Oh yeah. Okay.
2: No, know, I don't know. I yeah. just, well, well, there's, like, there's so much of that. There's, and that's one thing that I, I always, I always like talking to people that we catch because I'm, you know, I'm so, I'm personally intrigued by it. Not, not even from an operational standpoint, but it's interesting. Like yeah. all the crazy behind the scenes stuff that we don't know, we don't deal with. We don't, it, you know, it's just interest. It's always interested me. You know, we're just, you know, a lot of the times we don't, when we catch people, you don't even know, like we don't, you know, you're on to the next
1: target, you know, a lot of times. So you yeah. don't really know the end outcome of a lot of the stuff. Yeah. Is there a, an example or two of super interesting or fascinating things that you've learned from talking with people that you've caught? Um, God, I think I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, Is there anything that's uh, that shocked you? Like is, there, is there a situation you've come into that you're just like, holy fuck, like it, it was just shocking? Not really. I mean, it's I, I'd have to actually sit down and think about
2: that. There's, um, yeah, nothing off the top of my head, man. I, I know that, you know, some of these people are, um, you know, it's different levels of people that we deal with. But, you know, some, I think there's, I think there's some people that, you know, they tell them, you know, like, hey, take take this. You know, this product, and you know, like, they might just take a random dude that may not even work for somebody, and you know, um, send them. You know, with, hey, if you get this across, we're gonna waive this fee or something like that. But yeah, yeah, I can't think of anything off the top of my head,
1: man. Honestly, from uh, like a, a human atrocity standpoint, have you guys run into things that that? kind of made your stomach turn that way like is there just some gnarly shit that you've encountered a lot of it man
2: there's 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 it's a big desert and you know we we've you know aside from all that like aside from just dealing with the the just the day-to-day like just crappy people that we deal with a lot you know um there's a lot of good people um and you know like Mexican citizens or uh, Guatemalans or whatever coming across, like you look at them and you're like, that is, they're, they're a good person. You know, like that is a good person. That's really legitimately trying to make it better for their kids better for, you know, like they're not all, you know, the the evil criminals that that we deal with a lot. Um, So coming across some of them that are in distress and they've got their kids with them and, and, you know, or, you know, people taken, you know, down to, you know some of the people we've come across in the desert that you know it's like this guy if we wouldn't have found him like in the middle of nowhere if we wouldn't have found this dude he's gone like yeah. he's gone like we've you know and that's just you know us just stumbling on people by by chance or or you know like a 911 call or something like that but uh you know you see so much of it and that's not even our real mission you know poor is primarily going out there doing all the rescue calls but you know, we've come across quite a few, and, and you come across, you know, several that, that haven't made it. You know, they expired, you know, a couple hours before you got there, and you see them, and you're just like, damn, dude. Like, Is that's it, real. <laughs> I'm assuming it's usually a combination of heat stroke and dehydration. Yeah, mostly. You know, a lot of a lot of them, or they'll break an ankle, um, something like that. You know, going through rugged terrain at night, they'll break an ankle, fall behind the group, and the, the, the guy just leaves them behind. and. Wow. And then they're stuck there. The cell phone goes dead, and you know they're just shit out of luck. Yeah, I'm surprised at how many still make it, though. Honestly, yeah. like, like, I mean, it's it's
1: it's shocking. Do you guys have a sense for um, the percentage of, I guess the term they use is "gotaways"? Like, I have no any clue. Idea? No, no idea. clue. Same with narcotics. I mean, it's it's like, gonna,
2: it's gonna. You ask one person, they're gonna give you one number. You ask another, it's gonna be yeah. another. It's really, I mean, like I said, it's such a big desert, and. Yeah you know, um, for us, you know, for us in our team, like we just, I, I don't, I quit worrying about all that stuff like years ago because I'm like, you know, I couldn't, you know, I saw how inaccurate a lot of the stuff reported was. And then also like all I can do, you know, I'm dealing with so much stuff. All I can deal with, or all I can do is what, um, what my task is, what my, what my job is. If my job is to, you know, move to this point and interdict these people, then, you know, that's, that's kind of what I focus on. And, and I, I don't really get wrapped around the politics or the numbers or yeah. anything like that. Cause it'll,
1: it'll drive you freaking, you know, in this line of work, it'll drive you crazy. You know, I, I guess the, one of the things I'm curious about is like from a, from an interaction standpoint, I know I asked about kind of their, their protocols, but on your guys's end, um, and I know some of this is going to be kind of sensitive, but I've got you know kind of a list of like what ifs almost or like in, a, in certain scenarios where, you know, your your protocols for processing people, like from from a legality standpoint, what does that look like? Because that's one thing that seems like it doesn't really get talked a lot about. Um, and it's something that seems pretty ambiguous that a lot of people like I don't even know if somebody comes here illegally, like what do you do with them? Like what, what happens to them? What, like what, what are their rights or not? Or like, what does that look like? Yeah. Um, I, as far as, are you talking about like, it's
2: like physical processing, like what we, we, I encounter, you know, some just random person out in the desert. Yeah. Um, for us, I mean, for us, you know, um, we'll typically, you know, we'll just, you know, a lot of them, they're not, you know, at this point, the way things are, you know, they're not. A lot of them aren't running from you or anything like that. And in fact, you know, where we, where we work, you know, so desolate and everything that, you know, a lot of the stuff we do, it's more of a rescue. You know, you're, you're finding people out there that, you know, they've been separated from groups and, you know, they're stranded out there and they can't even see, you know, there's no civilization, civilization in sight, but um, I just, I mean, you're taking them, taking them into custody, you know, women and children, you're just kind of corralling them up and, you know, then you call a supporting unit and they come and get them. And what happens to them after that? They just go to a processing center, you know, a processing center, and then they do, you know, their run checks on them and stuff like that. But
1: and I mean, so depending on what comes back, I suppose, is what dictates what, what you guys do with them. Um, yeah,
2: I don't get into it, I don't really do a lot. Of, I don't, we don't do a lot of processing, so yeah. I can't, I hate to go diving down that hole. I gotcha.
1: Uh, what would you say the biggest problems for you guys are? Like, what are what are your biggest challenges, your unit? Oh, man, for us, I mean, you know, of course, funding is always,
2: you know, that's always a, you know, an item, but um, challenges is, God, manpower, you know, manpower is always huge. Uh, and then um, just the politics of stuff, you know, it's, you know, what we, you know, we're, uh, what we're able to do and stuff like that but um, is, is
1: there a, a thing that you're not allowed to do that you wish you were that that most guys like wish that this wasn't the case um i'm,
2: I'm sure there are you know <laughs> anything for you well, personally um you know uh no not not that you not, not that to, you'd admit to, not to yeah. i mean no i mean there's things that would definitely make the job easier but you know because of you know um uh, you know, law and stuff like that. Yeah. Who's your favorite politician? Favorite politician? Living or, or dead? I mean, current. Um,
1: God, can I say, I'd say none of them, man. I,
2: mean, <laughs> Honestly. I, I can't disagree with that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, well,
1: yeah, I mean, so in that same kind of vein, like how is, the, the morale seems like that's a fucking challenge for you guys, right? I mean.
2: It's definitely, it's definitely a roller coaster ride, you know, different administrations, you know, and it's like, you know, you'd like to say some administrations are like, oh man, this is awesome. But every, every administration that I've worked under has still had its challenges, whether it be, you know, one thing or another. Um it's, it's just a, it's just a challenging freaking mission and, and job. And, um, you know, so it, it's been better for, you know, under certain administrations and it's been extremely challenging other under others, you yeah. know,
1: um, I wonder which ones those are. I don't know,
2: man. I think most of your you listeners could probably piece those yeah. together, but
1: I mean, do they talk to you guys about kind of towing the fucking company line that way? I mean, of saying like, "Hey, don't get into political discussions. Don't say you like somebody or don't like them." Like, how? Uh, yeah, you. How involved like, are they in your guys's?
2: You, well, I mean, we can't, we can't do like you can't, you can't go there on any of that stuff. Really? I mean, yeah. Um, especially, you know, like on the record stuff like that. What you do on your own time? Yeah. Um, and not representing the agency is another thing, but. What um, about like
1: on social media? Like if, if you posted something on your social media, is that a gray area? Or um, they, if there's scrub? a, if
2: there's now, if there's, if there's no association, if somebody can't associate your, your name back to the agency, then yeah, what you do is pretty, if it can't be tracked back to that, then you're, you're probably good to go. But, um, you know, uh, I know some guys that, that have some pages that, that work for the agency that. are are pretty, pretty vocal about issues and stuff like that. And um, they seem good to go with it. But uh, you know, anytime you're representing the agency, you know, in any type of fashion, or can be perceived as representing the the agency, you can't speak, you know, on that stuff. So I'm always, you know, with being somewhat, you know, in the spotlight, you know, from here, you know, from time to time, I, I always steer away from it. I mean, I think most people you know, in our in our you know world and you know people that we deal with probably know where most of us stand. You know, so. yeah, yeah.
1: Um, do you come across guys within the units that have a, a polar opposite political viewpoint? Because <laughs> you guys uh, have to talk about that shit, right?
2: Yeah, man. There's only one dude that stands out that you haze
1: the shit out of him. That don't
2: we, I mean, he was one of our new dudes, and we just joked about it. You know, this was a couple uh couple of elections ago and uh man he was voting for you know to make history and you know he made history and and then we just you know he caught a lot of crap yeah. you know he caught a ton of crap yeah um that it was funny true. though yeah but, i mean i don't think his one vote really swayed anything yeah. but yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah um one thing i'm curious of and i know this doesn't apply maybe directly to the unit that you're in but on a broader scope like the bum rush scenario. Like some of the sometimes you see these groups of caravans of like thousands of people and d- does Border Patrol have a a policy or a, a mitigation plan of some sort that if there's five thousand people that just come across at once and, and overrun an area, like is there a, a standing order of this is what we're gonna do or this is how we handle it? Man, um
2: yeah, that's I mean that's that's a scenario they're they're dealing with uh hot and heavy right now.
1: Well, um, what the fuck do you do it? Like at at some point there has to be a like okay, this is a fucking an act of war. I mean, really. Like if yeah. like if there's 20,000 people that are let's say they're armed, like let's let's go down that fucking rabbit hole of like is there a fucking line? Like, yeah, if there if, there was say, an,
2: if there was an armed you know if there was a bunch of armed, you know if a, a large number of armed people like that then that's you know that's a that's different than what we're dealing with now now we're not dealing you know everybody's not armed but um yeah it's it's all i've often wondered like you know it's like you know at, at what like where is that line between uh you know hey this is just immigration and then hey this is like uh you know like an assault on you know yeah um
1: well i mean so the short answer is like that hasn't been directed to you guys like that. Hey, that whether it's a number or whatever, that there's not boxes that if these boxes are checked, you are to respond in this way. Like, are they that specific? Not that, I mean, maybe you can't share it and I get why you couldn't, but is, is there a plan? Um, you know, I
2: can't, I, I wouldn't really dive into that. Um, I know that like for us, you know, we deal with mostly high risk, the high risk stuff. So anything armed, you know, we're definitely, we'd definitely be responding to um, any special circumstances. We would, we would be addressing it. Yeah. Um, you know, but as far as like the tactics or, or, you know, like what criteria initially, you know, spins that up, I'd, I'd hate to dive into that.
1: I mean, can, can you at least say that there is a protocol or there isn't? For like my
2: team to respond specifically no, or?
1: Like the, the overarching scope of the entire customs and border patrol like I'll give you a hypothetical is that you know we'll say at the at your sector let's say that there's 25,000 unarmed but non-compliant non-violent but non-compliant people that are just streaming across like is, is there a point at which that our, our government via the border patrol would say figure out a way to stop this at whatever fucking cost Well, I think that's,
2: I think that's what they're, they're figuring out now, you know, Um, as far as what, you know, upstairs, what their um, strategies or, or, uh, you know, their, their, their means or what, you know, what their, yeah, what, I guess what their strategies are and stuff like that. I, I couldn't speak to that, but yeah.
1: um, Do you know anybody that could? Probably. (laughs) That would come on here and talk about it? I don't know, man. I don't know. Possibly. Because, I mean, to me, it's like I I get the not wanting to delve into the the politics. I mean, it's the same way in the military. To me, this is a separate issue, though. You know, this is, I mean, it's American sovereignty where it's like, you know, an organization whose task is to maintain integrity of the border should have a fucking answer for that. right? You know, like that. not, oh, we can't talk about that. It's like that's your fucking job like yeah. you you should and you you have to talk about that like you know the american people deserve to know what your fucking plan is if 30,000 people just start coming across i mean at 100,000 a fucking half a million a million like yeah. at, at what point are you going to be like okay we've got to do something to stop this and and i mean th- these are uncomfortable conversations that i know most people in those positions don't want to have to have answers to because those answers either scare or piss a lot of people off or some people. Yeah. But the reality of it is, is that, you know, that, that scenario, I mean, it, you see glimpses or pockets of that already happening and it's like, well, what the fuck are you doing about it? You know, I mean, it, like there has to come a, a point at which you're going to say, okay, enough is enough. Like th- this number is too fucking many and, and we've got to fucking do something. Yeah. No, I think, I think with this, uh, this
2: this big push that they've had you know over the last what month or you know a couple months I mean um I think it's really you know it's been it's an eye-opener I think for them you know they they've really been kind of scrambling because it's you know I mean, we see you see the news and you know I don't watch much news at all but you know from what I have seen it's like you see the thousands and thousands and thousands and yeah I mean you know there's a lot of stuff that I don't I mean, we don't, you know, us, we kind of live in our little operational bubble where we, you know, we stay so busy with the stuff that we're doing that we don't, um, we don't deal with the day-to-day stuff. Um, but I can say that, you know, from time to time, we do get retasked with stuff that's not necessarily in our a high-risk mission to help, you know, they'll scramble us to, hey, help here, help there, yeah. to you know, to, to, I think, you know, kind of help with that stuff. But yeah, um, yeah, I wish there was like a, a good yeah. answer or solution for that. But yeah,
1: I want to take a second to talk about something near and dear to my heart. And that is a staunch supporter of this podcast, which is Bub's Naturals. Uh, the hat sitting in front of me uh, here on our coffee table here in the studio belonged to Glenn Doherty. His nickname was Bub. Uh, I did two platoons with him. And his childhood best friend uh, and another colleague of theirs, uh, Sean is the best friend, TJ is their colleague, uh, started Bub's Naturals, which is a collagen and MCT oil company uh, in Bub's or Glenn's honor. And, um, you know, for me, it's, it's uh, an absolute honor to be sponsored by and working with a company that, um, you know, was started in the honor of one of my closest friends and, and a guy that I went to war with. And, uh, you know, the, the Bubs brand is not only super quality, um, you know, collagen, uh, collagen powder as well as MCT oil powder, um, you know, but they also give back to the Glenn Doherty Memorial Foundation. Uh, they donate proceeds from their product sales to the Glenn Doherty Memorial Foundation, which, uh, you know, to me just furthers, uh, you know, the, the mission set on Veterans Day. They give 100 percent back. So. Uh, I do believe it's the best collagen on the planet. Uh, I like to mix it in with uh, morning coffee, the MCT oil powder, the same thing. It uh, mixes in very easy. It tastes great, uh, and it just kind of adds everything that you want to start your day off from a brain health standpoint, from joint support, gut support. Um, you know, MCT oil and collagen are, are two components, especially as as we age, uh, that are integral components to, uh, to health. And so uh, to be able to work with Bub's Naturals and... Uh, be able to to work with them and, and sponsor a product that uh, number one is a high quality product and number two is is so near and dear to uh, you know to my heart and to the Mike drop podcast for for who it uh, was started for and what it stands for um, you know it's just uh, it's an amazing amazing place to be so um, it is Whole 30 approved um, it's uh, sports certified so you're not uh, going to run into any problems with that um, and I will say that um, you know right now they're they're offering twenty percent twenty percent off if you go to bubsnaturals.com and uh, use the mic drop code. So uh, I really highly encourage you to to try it out, incorporate it into your day day to day for joint health, for brain health, uh, for cognition, for gut health, and uh, and to support an amazing organization that does a lot of things uh, in Glenn Bub's honor. So. Uh, go to bubsnaturals.com. Mic drop is the code, 20% off. Um, has there been a, a biggest bust that you've been a part of, like whether it's amount of drugs or people or like a thing that stands out as being like a, a mission or oper- excuse me operation that you went on that uh, was the most notable? Man. Um, God, there's a – I mean,
2: there's a – they all just kind of blend together um but um I can't think of how well, I would say there was one uh years ago uh, we had just wrapped up a there's a weapons deal there's some people taking weapons south uh we were we were on that and then uh and that was that was kind of in a urban setting we we're set up for that and uh And then uh, we got spun up, we got a call um, that some people were being held against their will up in the mountains by one of these RIP crews. Um, So basically, you know, what was happening was, you know, uh, these guys were up in the mountains, they had apprehended a group of just aliens um, and they were holding them basically for ransom, you know, like making them call back to Mexico and like Western Union uh, thousands of dollars before they'd be released. Um, so we we scrambled to the to the airstrip and uh, hopped in the hawk. I think it was probably uh, maybe 11, 12 o'clock at night. Um, hopped on the hawk, and I think there's six of us. Um, we had ISR overhead had had them pinpointed up on this mountain top, and uh, had some really good pilots that night. Took us in you know low, and then just popped up, uh, just offset you know, maybe forty yards, and. They had already released the um the aliens. They had released them barefoot and they walked off the mountain. Um but uh we got there, got the dudes, um, recovered the weapons. Uh couple of guys ran and these guys, man, like they'll run and just jump off cliffs. They'll jump off and you'll just see them, you'll know, we'll, we'll watch it back, you know, play it back from the ISR feed, and you just see them just tumbling, just tumbling down cliffs. Get up, continue running. And it's like one God. of us does that, dude. We're like dead, or you know, or worse, you yeah. know, like
1: really fucked up. But like fucking mountain sheep. Oh like yeah, the, they're
2: like little, you know, mountain goats and Sherpas or whatever. But yeah, they we eventually got them all. Um, were and, there were any of them severely injured from those falls? Uh, they're just, I mean, they were kind of jacked up, did. but nothing like crazy. God, that's crazy. Um, but uh, got them back, and uh, they ended up tracking down the aliens that they had been holding. And one of the aliens identified the, uh, one of the guys we caught by the shoes that he was wearing. He he was, he had taken this guy's, you know, fake Jordans (laughs) or whatever. And he, and the, the, the guy was wearing them. And so that's, that was one of the
1: key pieces of evidence or whatever. But so in cases like that, where they're like actual bad guys that you guys wrap up, I mean, do they get processed differently? I'm assuming and charged and, or, do they just fucking deport them or what? Like,
2: nah, they're t- most of them, you know, like stuff like that. I wish I knew more as far as like, like a lot of times we don't get to see like the fruits of our labor. We don't get to see it through to see like, you know, how, how many years this guy got or where he landed or, you know, anything like that. But I know those guys got several years. I want to yeah. say at least, I want to say one of them got like 40 or something like oh, that wow. years. Yeah.
1: Um, I, I'd be curious. You, you probably, I'm assuming you wouldn't know the answer if, if you don't get the, the wrap up, but, um, one, you know, whatever their sentence is, when that's done, then what do they do with them? Like, I, I would hope they don't No, nah, They would just get deported then yeah. at that point if they're illegal. Yeah. Wow. That's fascinating shit. Um, have you ever gotten into, into any actual fights with any guys in all your time there? Like if anybody put up like fist fights and, and you had to beat somebody's ass or, or get into it where you have your hands full or anything. What? I mean,
2: you know, there's been a lot of good tackles, a lot of good, you know, body checks and stuff like that. But I think I've, you know, I don't know, being one of the
1: bigger guys, I think that I don't, you know, I haven't had anybody really. Is, is that um, common or, or is it usually like once you're at that point, they're like, fuck, we're caught and there's no, no sense in fighting.
2: No, uh, there's, well, I, guess, I guess there was one dude. There was a dude. Um, he was, yeah, that was, uh, he was, I think he was Guatemalan, um, but he was, he was fighting with one of my teammates on a mountaintop and I came over and assisted with that. And that dude was throwing blows, but you know, there were two or three of us that quickly um, took him into custody. And yeah. he, uh, I mean, he was tweak. he had to have been tweaking on something. Um, yeah. We are kind of, you know, um, just kind of holding him down and stuff like that. And that dude was, I mean, he was, I've never seen a guy fight like that, but. really. Yeah, he didn't get any good blows in or anything, but he it was, was my buddy was going good on him, and I looked over and
1: heard him, you know, and we went over and uh, took care of him. But do you guys train uh, combatives much?
2: Uh, we do some some guys more than others, but yeah. um, we do um, a fair amount of, of combatives. Um, in fact, we had ta- talked to some of your guys uh, down in Coronado about getting into some of the classes down there. I know some of our guys have been through some yeah. stuff. But. Oh, okay um yeah we do some guys a lot of guys are a couple of my teammates are huge in jujitsu and um i used two years ago when i was in japan i, I was kind of heavy in it and, and um but we we try to do that you know and do some training
1: and stuff in kit and everything just yeah. to, for that yeah um what's the age requirement uh, or, or what's the maximum age to try out for Bortak and stuff? You're looking at my gray hair, and, like, that question came up. Huh? <laughs> I mean, look at my fucking – I've got just as much, and I have no fucking You're like, hair, how you so. like,
2: how many, how many years do you got left, man? Well, no. <laughs> no, I mean, for,
1: for a guy that wants to start out. Yeah. Like, what's the – no there's,
2: no, there's no age limit, really. Man. Um, There's not. I mean, we've got dudes that – God, I've got – I've had dudes on my team young enough to be my kid, oh. you know. um, What's the oldest guy you've seen come through? Oldest? I want to say that – we anybody had, in their 40s oh yeah 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 we had you know i like brian brian when he went through god what was i i was yeah i, I want to say he was 40 something we've had a couple other dudes we had an sf dude that came through he was he was i think maybe mid 40s 44 wow. 45. going through the selection yeah wow and they made it yeah oh shit
1: there's hope yet yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah just in the window uh man, that's fucking wild. Uh, anything that I haven't asked you about uh, Bortac that uh, that's relevant?
2: Um, man, no. I mean, I, in the last couple years, man, they've you know the with the, the jump program that's been a huge a huge huge thing for us, and they're they're really pushing that. Um, so that's one thing that our our team is really proud of. But um, now it's it's you know it's we've always kind of struggled with recruiting. Um, because there hasn't been a lot out there and there haven't, you know, people don't talk uh, openly about um, stuff like that. So I, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on here and talk about this. Oh, so yeah. I know it's, it's a uh, big for us because, you know, a lot of the guys that we try to get are, you know, guys like, you know, your listeners. So guys with, uh, you know, military or uh, law enforcement background, um, you know, it's just getting out there and getting the word out, you know, and, um, kind of the process and stuff like that, yeah. you know. So,
1: is there a cap? Uh, I mean, I know recruiting is, like they're pushing. Are they trying to get X number of guys, or like is there a pay we don't want over 400? Or that's never been a problem. I right. mean, we've never we've never been at max uh, cap. D- no,
2: yeah. I mean it's, I mean like the attrition rate and stuff like that. Trying to get guys um, certified and and everything like we've never, yeah, we've never come to that
1: so is there special duty pay uh, above and beyond like do you guys get bonuses or anything like that for doing it there's you know so it, that's one thing that i've i've always
2: kind of uh, bitched about yeah i mean it's you can say it yeah i mean because
1: it's like there should be i mean it's yeah, like but, special duty pay i mean like i
2: get breacher pay um you know has duty pay for breaching so anytime i have charges or something like that you know on opt and you know, I get, it's next to nothing, man. Yeah. It's like, you know, that just bought my breakfast for the morning, you know, yeah. but, um, we used to get has duty for every time that we flew. And then we started flying so frequently that that kind of, uh, became, you know, uh, not a thing anymore. Yeah, it's um, too expensive, but yeah, man, I'm, you know, it's, you know, I, I, it, there was talk at one time about getting guys a higher pay grade so like hey you you went through all this you're assuming you know this added risk and, and you're and we're getting you all this training and you're, and you're required to maintain this physical standard you're required to maintain all these other skill sets that are you know just you know it's more capabilities but with more capabilities comes more liabilities to you as an individual as well so um, getting compensated for that. You know, we've, we've kind of struggled that, you know, for that, but, um, right now it's just the has duty for, for certain operations.
1: I mean, to me, like from a recruiting challenge standpoint, that, that would be the first fucking thing I would do is say like, Hey, if you, if you make it, you get a $10,000 bonus and a, a a bump up in pay grade and an extra 600 bucks a month. I mean, it's like something like yeah. that. That's fucking tangible. That actually makes a difference. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, shit, they do it in the military. Um, you yeah, I mean, to me, that seems crazy that they don't have something like that. It's like, well, no wonder, you know, because notoriety and the, and the aura of having the tab or whatever only goes so far. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's cool. Like the first year, yeah. you know, when you're, you know, but and when your hips fucked up and your knees are blown out and you know, like, yeah, there's gotta be some, some kind of compensation for it. Um, one thing I was curious of what like drug types, What what's the most prolific uh, narcotic that you, that you guys see? Uh, it used to be marijuana. Um, now it's fentanyl. Fentanyl yeah. is just. Everywhere?
2: It's, yeah. Wow. It's crazy. It's absolutely And crazy. just in
1: pill form? Yeah. Yeah. Is that, so that's most of what you see now? That's most of what we're seeing. Are, yeah. you, are you seeing any meth still or not much? Uh, we've seen some, but it's, fentanyl's huge. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's fucking scary. I mean, I, I saw a stat the other day. It was like 110,000 uh, people died last year of, of, uh overdoses yeah
2: i don't I, mean, I don't know what you know any of the figures but i just uh, shut you just stop on any street corner and look yeah. at the zombies and yeah. and you can see that we've got a little bit of a problem yeah
1: it's fucking nuts um man so how how did i guess transitioning into the call of duty stuff and uh the Terminalist stuff how two things i guess how did those opportunities come about uh and was it a challenge for you in terms of leadership, allowing you to do that stuff while you're doing Bortac. Yeah. So, um, so it started like, guys, over
2: 10 years ago, I'd, i I'd, I'd done a family photo, uh, or I was trying to get family photos. And one of my buddies who he was, a uh, he was a free fall instructor. He's a recon dude, um, up in Phoenix. Uh, Jason swore. He, uh, he had a, like a, photography business straight A, straight eight A photography and he did like these really cool like composite pictures and stuff like that so i hit him up for hey i want to do family photos he's like yeah man i'm not exactly an Olin mills but you know and i said okay well how about we do like zombie post-apocalyptic you know apocalyptic family photos and he's like he was all in so i t- we took these you know these badass you know like cool pictures and and then uh one of the guys from patriot Ordnance factory uh oh, yeah. frank Somo, uh or Soma, he he saw that and, and he's like i want this model he's like get this model i want him to be our patriot on on my you know logo and all this you know all of our advertisements and my buddy's like dude this guy's not gonna do your <laughs> he's not gonna yeah. dress up like a, a patriot and you know parade around and everything yeah. and and so he, I, I was scooping dog shit in my backyard and I get this phone call. He's like, Hey dude, I know the answer. I know what you're going to tell me, but, um, I promised this guy that, you know, that I would ask you, so would you like come be you know, like dress up like a Patriot and hold one of these guys, you know, this guy's rifle. I was like, yeah, you're right, dude. Fuck off. There's no way I'm going <laughs> to do it. He's like, all right. The guy, he, he said, he'd give you like a couple G's and a couple rifles at the time. I had no, all I had was my issued yeah. firearms, you know, I'm like. Oh like, well, shit. Now you have yeah, my I was interest. Like, I was like, hell yeah! I was like, do I do I bring my own flag or like you know like <laughs> what? So yeah, so I did that, man. And then it just kind of then another company. You know, he's like, hey, I got this other company that wants to do. And I just started doing some of that stuff, like just kind of modeling stuff in the tactical industry. And then um, another one of my buddies, uh, Jim Staley, started uh, Tactgas, which is a media company. And um, so I started doing stuff for him, and that's when uh, Activision and Call of Duty and, uh, Petrol and those guys, um, Infinity Ward started kind of seeing what he was doing. And, uh, so that kind of got me into that and it just, you know, started doing the Call of Duty stuff and kind of blew up from there. So
1: on the Call of Duty stuff, did you have him in in the vest with the fucking reflective balls and all that, or was it more transitional page to page? Yeah. So So.
2: he didn't do, he didn't do the mocap. I don't know who did, I don't know if they're, I mean, they could still be using the same mocap from when you guys did it. I have yeah. no idea. I mean, this, the, sure, they probably are. The capabilities of the stuff that they're able to digitally remaster and do all that stuff. It's, it's mind blowing. Yeah. Um, but now for him, we've just done like, um, I think most of the stuff we've done, we've done is like stills and stuff oh, like that. You. So like on the little, on the game, you know, like all the entry screens and covers and stuff like that,
1: you I know? You. So yeah. Fuck that's cool, um, and then the Terminalist thing. How did that come about?
2: That came about from uh, a guy I know in the industry, which like you know, a lot of guys know him, Justin Melnick. Yeah. Um, so he uh, he said that they had reached out to him, um, but he was you know his involvement in SEAL Team. They didn't want like some confusion over you know like oh, characters yeah. or something like that. So, um, so he put me in touch with um, Jared. Shaw, um, and uh, so I talked to him, and they, you know, asked me, like, what my dog's, you know, capabilities were and stuff like
1: that, and so. You said um, he was great with peanut butter. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> But great. He'll uh, blow your fucking mind with peanut butter. Yeah,
2: no, so I just took him out. I had to go out to L.A. and meet with their, I think it was their, one of their, their dog wrangler, and just basically show that he's not, like, a 16-pound shih tzu, that yeah. he's, ad, you know, somewhat as advertised, you know, so. Yeah. Um, and then they asked, you know, the director then called me and he's like, you know, what, you know, he's like, well, will your dog do this, this, and this? I said, yeah. And he goes, well, will he do it for an actor? And I'm like, dude, you know, he'll do it with me. He'd probably do it with me off screen, but it's going to be, he's going to be looking at me and it's going to be really weird, you know? And he's like, well, what, you know, what, uh, you know, are you fit or you, you know, can you could, could you do this role? And he was, are you comfortable with firearms? <laughs> like, man, like, I'm scared of I yeah. can't do it. Like, <laughs> you know, did he so, know what you do, did for a no, little bit? No, oh, okay. no, So, you know, so I gave him a little background and stuff. And, um, and so I went out and met with them and everything. And, and he had me send over like a couple of uh, cuts or whatever. And, and so that worked out, but that was, it was a cool experience, yeah. man. A great bunch of dudes.
1: Man, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. I, I love that series. It's so good. Um, so what, uh, well, I guess I'm curious, was there any conflict was border patrol at all apprehensive or were they super supportive of you doing all that stuff? I would say
2: it wasn't even on their radar. I mean, I, I have to fill out, I had to fill out like work authorizations and stuff like that just to see that there's no like conflict of interest. There's not like um, this company is not involved in like, import or, the US yeah, government. or import <laughs> export of, you know, stuff or anything like that. Yeah. But, um, it's not like,
1: um, yeah, it's, it's not no a big, big deal. deal. Yeah. Um, was, uh, was that process, um, of, of going through all that, uh, on their radar as far as trying to like incorporate the. Uh, recruiting component like have, have they expressed any interest in you doing shows like this or being a part of any no of no i i don't
2: you know they, like my command staff knows you know like some of the stuff that i do um outside of work but as far as like big border patrol they, i mean i'm freaking i'm nobody i'm just yeah. agent dipshit over there you know <laughs> they don't no yeah. i don't i haven't
1: been asked to do yeah. anything at all that's you surprising know? i mean to me that like Again, if they're having trouble, throw some money and have a Captain America poster boy kind of thing selling, <laughs> the, selling suit, war bonds. Suit, suit
2: back up yeah. in the, the Patriot outfit. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, now the, our, our, you know, our uh, Bortak command has now, you know, prior to the show, I, I spoke to them because I didn't, you know, uh, I've done other podcasts and I wasn't able to talk about, like, what my, you know, I have this, like, 13-year for 15-year gap of what have you been doing, and it's yeah. I've always had to just say, like, have you know, been some working stuff. in special operations in some capacity, you know, yeah. I've never been able to really talk about it. So, um, with the, uh, with their new push, you know, my, my command staff, uh, Bortac is extremely supportive and oh, cool. and everything. So they're, they're, yeah. they're great. And hopefully, you know, we can continue to uh, do more, Yeah, you know, cause we are, we're, we're needing dudes, man. And we're, we're, we recruit, we like to get dudes from, you know, regiment and and the teams and stuff like that. So yeah. it's always great to see those guys showing up at the sure the tryouts. It's just a lot of the guys. I don't, you know, when we train with the other units, a lot of them don't know, you know, who we are or or, or they don't think of of it as an option. You know, yeah. it's I know I hadn't. You know, I, I had no clue who Bortak yeah. was. You sure. know, yeah. But it's it's honestly been a great. It's a great. It's a, it's a great gem for dudes <clears> that you know, love the job and stuff like that, but just don't like the the six and 10 month deployments anymore. Sure. You know, you're able to still have a family. You're able to do, you know, you go do your op at night and then you show up and take your kids to school. You know,
1: I mean, it's kind of like the best of both worlds,
2: you know, that's awesome. Uh,
1: So what for you now, like how, how much more time are are you going to spend doing what you're doing? And and what's the, what's the long game? Ah, man. So I've got,
2: about four years left um i would say four years or
1: or four shitty days <laughs> you know but, um one bad shift
2: yeah no i've got um you know i've got a couple small films that i'm, that I'm <laughs> i've been uh asked to help out with so i've i've got uh, we're filming uh, next month or a little a real small project but can you,
1: do you say what it is or no?
2: Um, I don't know if he wants me to throw it out there, but it's okay. with a, a, a ranger buddy that oh, okay. he's, he's got some stuff up in Seattle. So, um, but uh, that's, it's a real small deal. And then, and then I got hit up by a producer for one in, in March, but um, I don't know if any other stuff like that comes up then we'd hop on it, you know, with, with or without Rex, but the uh, long game would probably be, you know, my buddy that's, that's running tack gas. we've, he's been pulling for me to come over there full time and, and uh, I'm just so close to retirement that, um, you know, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be really stupid to, to not, you know, uh, finish out. So, yeah. um, No, that makes sense.
1: Um, That's, that's probably it, man. And then you'll, you'll probably go over and do that, that type of stuff full time.
2: That or just, Freaking sell everything and move to a beach and yeah. be a beach bum yeah. with a hammock somewhere. Yeah. Man. Nothing <laughs> wrong with that.
1: You you've earned it for sure. Uh, one thing that uh, is Bortac do they have uh, relaxed grooming standards? Like you can rock the beard, and they don't give a fuck. Or it it kind of depends on where you're at. Because yeah. um, most most agents, you can't have facial hair, right? Or you can't have a beard.
2: You know, a lot of the a lot of the SWAT teams and stuff that that I work with, um, we have had like more like the more um restricted uh standard than most of the guys we work with oh really you know you go to god you go to phoenix you know some of the swat dudes or uh marshals or or dea any of these other agencies do they're looking at you like man you've you know you've only been growing your shit for like a month like what you know like what's yeah. up with you yeah you know but um it just depends on where you're at who are commanders you know
1: are at the time and stuff like that you know so yeah i'm tracking uh well i have a a gift for you um you gave me a coin which uh, we've already already thrown up on the thing so i'm gonna return the favor and and then add something to it good old champion choice silver and uh and john johnson out in california big supporters of the show and uh and sent all that stuff out there for each guest so
2: that's really cool thanks a lot i appreciate it yeah
1: absolutely yep so
2: oh dude that's cool
1: yeah Yep. So we we appreciate that, and uh, yeah, thanks thanks again for coming, man. I know you're you're busy as shit. You don't have a ton of free time, being uh, having to drive drive out here, nonetheless. And uh, but I, I can't thank you enough for coming and talking. I mean, it's something that very few people know about. I've had a lot of people ask uh, to to try to get uh, a guy such as yourself on to to talk about what you guys do, and it is fascinating stuff. And uh, and it's a big, big ticket item for a long time. And I think we'll be for, uh, for a fair bit of time to come. So I uh, appreciate you coming. No, thanks for having us, man. It's been, it's been great. Yeah. Uh, so on, on behalf of Rex uh, and, uh, and the entire crew, I just want to say, uh, you know, for all the mic drop listeners, thanks uh, again. And as always for tuning in without your support, we wouldn't be able to bring you uh, shows with uh, such a dynamic duo, such as these guys. So. Uh, thank you. I hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, choke yourself. And until next time, this is Mike Drop.
0: Chumba Casino has over a hundred casino-style games, so join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Conditions apply; see website for details. I'm Nick, the host of the UFO Chronicles podcast, with firsthand witness accounts of the strange and unexplained, covering UFOs, cryptids, conspiracies, and the paranormal. Real people, real encounters so come with us on the journey into the unknown. UFO Chronicles podcast is available to listen to on all apps. I'll see you soon.